This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. TrustBooks. Go to HVACTrustBooks.com. Discover how this tool can help you close more sales. Thank you for joining us. Here is how we will help your business and you today. In the meeting I recently held for the contractors I work with on a consulting basis, Mike Ratchford did a great presentation, and I am letting you in on his thoughts about customer retention. This is a two-part broadcast. Mike sold his marketing business to Safeguard in 2018 and is now selling for his former owner. Mike has one of the best marketing minds I've ever known, and I know you will enjoy his thoughts. All right, so those of you that are new, I've been doing this for about seven or eight years with Ruth. Uh, and, and so, and when we first started, we would do it together. And to tell you it wasn't rehearsed, I would say something, and Ruth would go, I don't agree with that. And I go, Well, I don't agree with you. And then we would have this argument in front of everybody about a certain amount of things. But in, I've been running my business, uh, Scott, uh, Larry told me earlier he's running his business 38 years. I've been running my business right around 37, 38 years. Had a meeting with the company that I distribute their products. I had a long list of things that I wanted to do to grow my business. Had a meeting with the executive vice president. Sat down in the bar. We ordered drinks. And the first words out of my mouth was, I want to sell my business. That was not on the list of questions. It just literally came out of my mouth. 18 months later, we finally were able to come together on a price. And I sold my business back to that company. OK, so now my company is owned by Safeguard Business Systems, which I was a distributor of their products. So it would be like you selling your business back to the wholesalers if they actually did retail business. So just to put it in perspective for you guys. So that's basically what I did. Part of the agreement was our business was so different and so much forward to where they were in their product offerings. They asked me to stay for a period of time. The original thing was, we'll buy your business and here's a contract for five years. Well think about it for a second. If it just came up, I want to sell my business out of the clear blue, what do you think the chances are I was going to work for five years? Zero. Okay, not going to happen. So February will be two years <laughs> of the five years they wanted. But I enjoyed the business. I like the business. Uh, I am officially going to retire in July of 2020. Okay, and there's a reason for those. Yeah, Write it down. July of 2020, I will be 70. I know I don't look 70, but I'll be 70. Okay, and I just don't have this overwhelming desire to work 50 or 60 hours a week when I'm 70. But I love what I do. So I have a new boss. She came to me and said, okay, July of 2020, you're going to retire. What would it take for us to get you to work part-time on a contract basis? <laughs> okay, so you gather they really don't want me to leave. Okay, and I really like what I'm doing, and I really don't want to leave. But I don't want to work full time. Does that make sense that some of you guys are a little bit older? I just really don't want to work full time. You know, and so I said, hey, here's the deal. If you want me to work, I want 90 days vacation. I don't want to work 90 days. One of that has to be a 30-day period of time. Rest will be in two weeks or one week segments. I only want to work three days a week. Okay, don't want to work Friday, don't want to work Monday. Okay? And then when I work Tuesday, and when I don't work, and then when I don't, when I, when I don't, when I work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I only work five or six hours. <laughs> I'm a millennial, okay? <laughs> I've reverted back to being a millennial, <laughs> okay? So I've had enough of them working for me. I get it. That's what I want. So anyway, yeah, that's what I'm saying, Larry. I mean, you know, so I don't know when the hell I'm leaving. 
Okay, but I know I'm quitting full-time in July. For those of you who have been seeing me for the last six or seven or eight years here, for those of you who are new, uh, it, may be a, it may be a good thing or a bad thing, depending upon how you like what I have to say, okay, in terms of some stuff. So that, that's the, that, what I'm fascinated with as I come every year and prepare to give my talk not knowing what any other speakers are going to say, right? I don't have a clue what any other speakers are going to say. I am astounded at what we're going to talk about in relationship to what Will talked about. I didn't even hear Will, but I know what he talked about. What Dave just talked about, okay, and how all of that pertains to what we predict is the most important subject for the next five or six years in business. A word that you better know what it is, and you better know how to apply it in your business. And that word is retention. The single biggest word that you need to know about in your business is retention. How do you retain the current customers that you have? And how do you deal with all of the things that Will talked about, the emotion, Dave talked about, the reviews, the communication? How do you do all of that? Those are all elements of customer retention. All of them. And how do you retain employees? What's necessary to retain employees? You heard there's going to be an, a compression where 20 to 25% of the techs we need to run our businesses are not going to exist. What's going to happen, guys? What are your competitors going to start doing? And what are you doing? You're pirating. What's that do to wages? Anytime a pirating scenario goes on, what happens to wages? They're up, right? And your techs are going to come to you even if they don't leave and ask for what? More money. Hey, you guys are living it right now. Now, with Dave's little film, what I found fascinating, I live in an affluent school district. Okay, one of the most affluent school districts, second probably most affluent school district in the Houston greater metropolitan area. So it's an affluent school district. Average income in the school district is probably north of $150,000 an affluent school district. They're now beginning to tell their students college educations are not required. That school district. Because they're beginning to realize they can't outrun the education costs for all kids. It's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamics of what's going on. If I was an HVAC contractor, I would be taking that film about HVAC contractor techs and I would make that film available to every school district in my, in my area. I'd make it available to everyone. And I'd make sure the parents saw it, the PTA sees it. I'd make sure anybody that wanted would see that film. Now I know it talks about women in HVAC, but what's it really talking about? It's talking about people in a need not to be educated, and college educated, okay, you have to be educated in that business. If we don't start taking a proactive position on employees and retention of employees, you guys are going to get slammed. Absolutely slammed. It is the way it is. I wish I could make it sweeter, but it, it don't get sweeter. So retention. Here's the astounding thing we found out. 80%, oh, let me just give this to you. If you want more detail on all the statistics I'm going to give you, this is a study that we 
had done. And the, the details of the study are going to be in this brochure. If you want the study, you can come get a brochure. Does that make sense? Okay, because there's going to be a lot more detail in this, in this actual brochure. It's one I paid to have done, personally. So 80% of CEOs claim they deliver good customer service. How many of you think you deliver good customer service? If you own the company, how many of you think? Raise your hands. 80% of you. How many of you? May, right? Right? Great customer service. 8% of your customers agree, on average. Well, that's startling, isn't it? What did Dave talk about? Managed expectations, didn't he? Here's managed expectations. If you think you're delivering good customer service, are you investing in better customer service, or are you investing somewhere else? Where are you investing? If you think you're delivering good, where are you investing? Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Thank you, Brian. Elsewhere. I'm already doing good here. I'm not going to put more money here. I want to put it elsewhere. But your customers don't, they may not complain, they may not give you a bad review, but they may not be as loyal as you think they are. I heard somebody talking earlier, I don't want to get into who it was, talking about losing maintenance customers. Are maintenance customers not renewing? Did they move? No. They have lost the value of what that contract brings to them. Whose fault? Well, I wasn't going to mention your company, but since you opened up. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I heard it. But why? But, but why do you lose them? Why did you lose them? We, we didn't prove or reinforce the value. Right? It's the only reason to not maintain a maintenance contract is they don't think it's worth the value. And that's the first step to you losing them as a what? As a client. Larry? I agree with that partially. Okay, I agree savings is a value, but savings don't deal with good customer service. See, savings don't have anything to do with good customer service. Good customer service stands on its own. So here's the other thing. 86% of customers in our survey said they would, would, would pay more to receive better customer experiences. Interesting, isn't it? Almost nine out of 10 of your customers would pay more if you could convince them that you're delivering an exceptional experience to them. And we already talked about the exceptional experience, the difference between expectations and what you're delivering. So I'll use Dave's example again, right? This is, huh? I'm good at that. This is your good customer service. This is their expectation, right? This is your good customer service. This is their expectation of a great experience. What's missing? Well, we already covered it from the back. What's missing? Communication. What's missing? It's communication. If they don't perceive the value of a maintenance agreement, it's because who didn't communicate the value? Who's responsible for that? The customer to look it up on the website and guess as to what the value is? Whose job is that? It's ours. 
Okay, you understand that? So retention is, is about understanding where your customers and prospects perceive you, where you perceive yourself, and then the missing component of that's the tech, which is the whole retention issue on the tech. So everybody begins to understand now why I say the most important subject for the next five years in business is one singular word in your business, retention. What are we going to do and change about changing the retention culture in our business? And how are we going to invest in that? And how are we going to change? And how are we going to be better? And if you as the CEOs of your company aren't dealing with that, five years from now, somebody's going to make you obsolete. If you don't believe that, look at what Amazon did to the business. You don't believe somebody can make you obsolete because they deliver a whole different paradigm than you're delivering? Look at Amazon. Did they change the world? Somebody's going to change your world. And if you're not there, you're going to be just like another Amazon casualty. I hate to be so cruel about it, but it is the way it is. The world's changing, and what's changing the world today? Partially, what? The internet. Technology. Let's just let's, let's lump internet under technology. It's changing the world today. How, okay, if anybody here is under 40, raise your hand. Just raise, because you're millennials. If you don't get an email notice when you buy something that tells you when it's going to be delivered, when it's shipped, when it did this, when it did that, are you guys happy with that vendor? Nope. You, yeah. I'm just... I'm just saying, my wife is, if I'm 70, my wife is somewhere around 70. I won't get into it because she'll kill me if I say it. But somewhere around 70. And my wife is like, you know, I ordered that stuff. They didn't acknowledge they got the order. They didn't send me a tracking number. They didn't tell me when it shipped. She goes, they suck. I'm going, what does that mean? She says, I'm not buying from them again. She's 70-something years old. What was all that about? Communication. Her expectations and their ability to fulfill those expectations with what they're doing, right? Okay, so if I got everybody thinking automatically about your business differently, how often do we communicate? Move to the graph, okay, in terms of retention. I love this graph. I, Ruth and I created it, so I got to love it. People in the middle of your maintenance are even customers. How many of you? do something on a regular basis to communicate with your maintenance arena customers other than to call them and schedule the two appointments. I've seen my client salespeople struggle when a customer asks why they should use your company rather than the competition when your price is higher and you both are proposing the same equipment. I've seen technicians struggle when customers ask them whether they should replace an 18-year-old air conditioner. And most salespeople and technicians never ask the one question that most customers are concerned about, yet never ask. Can I trust you? I found a tool that gives your salespeople and technicians the ammunition to answer this question and more. And the tool works. How do I know? 68% of my clients are using it to increase sales and referrals. What is it? A trust book with your name on it as the author. More details are at HVACTrustBooks.com. Warning, there is only one contractor per area that can get these great books. Some areas are already taken. They've gone to my clients. If you want your area and want to have a tool for your salespeople and technicians to increase referrals and sales, then go to HVACTrustBooks.com now and reserve your area. We're back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. Here's Mike. Best customers. A, a series of things. We're going to talk about 
some of the things you should do. You should lay out a communication plan. It's called a touch point. Okay, you should lay out a touch point communication system to your maintenance agreement customers. It should be very specific. It should be this month we're going to touch them with an email. The email is going to say this. Next month we're going to talk to, touch them with the direct mail piece. The direct mail piece is going to say this. Next month we're going to invite them to an event. Okay, whether it be a lunch and learn or whatever, it should be specific communications laid out with the touch point and the communication laid out specifically to that group. In my opinion, maintenance agreement customers, 12 times a year. 12 times. 12 times. You're doing twice two phone calls. Well, we got 10 more to create. The phone calls count. Two. That's, that's a prospect. We're talking about your best customers. So, but if they're not calling you back, here, okay, let's, get, let's get to the core issue here. You think you have this outstanding relationship with this customer. They're your best customer. You're trying to do what they paid you to do, and they're not calling you back. Where do you think they value that relationship? About number 11 on their 10 most important things to do today. I'm being honest. Right? You make it important by either sending a rep to knock on the door, saying, hey, we've been trying to get in touch with you, but we really value your relationship. You know, we need to know if everything's okay. You know, sending them a handwritten note as the owner of the company saying, hey, we've been trying to get in touch with you. You know, this is already prepaid stuff. We really need to get in your house and do this. You know, give me a call. Let me know what's wrong. Well, they're all, they're all methods, okay? But, you know, so now I'm saying put, so what I'm saying is put something personal in it. Those are all technology solutions. This is a, okay, it gets back to something that Will said with emotion, Dave said it, you're talking about the reviews. Okay, here's the deal. Most of you guys on this grid have customers that are maintenance agreement customers. You have no clients that are maintenance agreement clients because you have no relationship with those customers other than the contract. Let's be honest with ourselves. Where do your good reviews come from? New customers, number one. Okay, that's a whole different system, but where should be, where should be the sterling reviews come from? Your maintenance clients, right? Maintenance clients. Where should all your referrals be coming from? Maintenance clients. Where should all your replacements be coming from? Maintenance clients. Bob, let me just pick on you for a second because I know sort of your numbers. How many maintenance agreements are you up to now? 3,500. 4,500. I'll use 5,000 because I can do the math. 7% are going to move, okay, statistically. So out of 5,000, that's how many? 350. So there's a 350 person opportunity. People moved out, people moved in. Those 350 that moved in, do they know that equipment's under maintenance? Does it transfer? Will you transfer it? Well, so would Bob, he nodded yes. 
But do we do that in our business? Do we transfer all the good value we put into that piece of equipment and give it to the new owner and explain it to them? No. Just ask me how. Okay, because you send us your customer base twice a year. And twice a year, we will update every address in your customer base and tell you anybody who moved and where they moved to. And if they're not in their current house, we'll tell you if it's vacant. We can't tell you who moved in, but we can tell you that it's not vacant. Twice a year. You know how much that costs? Just take a wild guess. $300 a year. 300 bucks. Now you can build a marketing program out of that with your maintenance customers that are moving and, and are left, and there's 300 new prospects, 350 new prospects that you can go call on, introduce yourself, send a tech by. Anybody looking for business work for techs sometimes because you not have quite enough work? Summer or winter, depends on what you, where you're at. But having techs knock on old maintenance customers, active maintenance customers with new owners. Hey, I'm the tech. I came by to look at your equipment. Didn't know who you were, but we know you're new in the house. What's the old homeowner think about that? If you were a homeowner, bought a house, a couple months after you moved in the house, some company knocked on your door and said, hey, we're the people that have been servicing your air conditioner. Your equipment's under maintenance, been paid for by the previous owner until it renews, and we're here to service your equipment. It's no charge to you. I mean, be honest, what would you think? Did he? Well, but I'm just saying, okay, but what I'm saying is that is a retention strategy. Does that make sense? A retention strategy that's got two sides of the sword. The house you already sold and the house that the current customer you had moved to. That's two potential deals, but nobody has that as their retention strategy. Nobody. Nobody. 300 bucks to get the list. It's 150 bucks two times a year. However you want to do it. You know, there's an HVAC truck out there. You don't know their phone number. You, you, know, you can cross-reference them at Hoover if you want and try and find a phone number. However you want to do it. I'm just saying, in Bob's particular case, that's 400 potential new maintenance agreement customers are maintaining the customers that he may or may not lose, and 400 new ones wherever the people move to, instead of just washing the business away. So when you look at your maintenance agreement retention rate, which you should be calculating every year, use 1,000 as an example, we have 1,000 maintenance agreements, 800 of them renewed, what's your retention rate? 80%. What happens if you move that number? And how do you move that number? You should know your customer retention rate. You should know your maintenance agreement customer retention rate. You should calculate it every year. Every year. Am I doing better or worse? My business, we retain 73% of the revenue year to year. 73%. We know that. We've been calculating it for years. If I want to make a plan and I have $100 and I know 73 is going to come as repeat business from customers, what do I have to do to make plan? Sell $27 more or something to somebody. Okay, does that make sense? But I know that's the plan. Okay, so retention is really important. 
here's the thing that happens to you. What is a better customer experience? And we know that communication has a part to do that, a major part. Okay? Better customer experience. So in your 2020 plan, there should be a section that says, how do I deal with a better customer experience? How do I map out? How do I create? How do I make a better customer experience? How do I do that? It may be a little complicated for you at first, so start with something easy, or easier. Take a new customer. How do you, so let's use new customers. Let's back up, new customer. You, salesman runs out and gets the order, right? Somebody gets the order. After you get the order, what do you do? I'll use your company, because that's your job, right? Amy, don't you do that? Don't you do maintenance? Service manager. But that, who, who does it? Danny, you do the sales guys? You do the sales guys? After you sell a new system, what do you do? You what? Schedule the job somehow, right? So schedule the job. So you, the customer signs an order, you schedule the job. Somebody calls back and tells the customer that's going to happen, right? Right? So they call back and tell the customer. If that moves off the schedule, is there another call or do we, you know, what do we do? How do we tell the customer? If we're going to be late, do we call the customer? I'm just asking questions. Now you're beginning to see customer journey. Are you with me? It's easier for me with the new install and a new piece of equipment. So you know, the sales rep brings the order back. There's some kind of thank you that goes to the customer for placing your trust in us. If there's not, that should be the first step. Okay, thank you for placing your trust in us. It could be an email, it could be a phone call, whatever. Thank you for placing your trust in us. By the way, this is when your equipment's scheduled. If that doesn't work out for you, let us know. Then you, you start the process from the installation. Okay, the installation's done. What do you do after that? Okay, how do you follow up? And ask what? Okay, not necessarily family, friends, okay. So there is a follow-up of some, of some sort. Does somebody ever go out and inspect the site? But on the installation? Uh, you do it? I'm just asking questions. You can see how I'm beginning to build a customer experience, aren't I? These are little steps on the process, but is that documented? Yes, I heard yes. Okay, is that documented? Because when you bring somebody new in the company in, an employee or somebody else, you want to go through that experience with that customer, with that employee, going, this is how we treat new customers. This is the map of what our journey is for a new customer. And we expect you to follow this map. You cannot change this map without me signing off on it. You don't have the authority. Because you're setting the expectation for that employee to deliver what? that value and that customer experience that you've defined to be correct. Does a, does a new employee get to define the experience or do you as the owner define the experience? You as the owner define the experience. Okay, is everybody kind of with me? The better job you do with this, the better off that customer experience goes. The better off the customer experience is, the more loyal they are, the more loyal they are, the more you can charge them. I know nobody agrees with me, but I'm telling you, we've tested it. It works. My most loyal HVAC customers, most of the time, don't even ask me the price. Don't even ask me. 
Because they know I'm going to do what? I'm going to, I'm going to give them the value and the service that they expect. Okay, if they don't, they go somewhere else. It's the way it is. Everybody under, so there's those touch points or these journeys or experiences. You have it for employees. You have it for current customers. You have it for current employees and new employees and new customers. You can begin to see all of those things are out there. That's how many of these things you need to get done. If you don't take the time as an owner and start mapping these things out and mapping out these touch points, is the company going to change? Is it going to change? Not going to change. Who leads change? Owners. Owners lead change. I don't say you have to do it all. You can delegate it to employees and review it. Are you following me? But you have to lead it. You have to say, okay, we're going to be the best HVAC company in our market. Why? Because we're going to out-communicate the competition. I'm not going to out-discount them. I'm going to out-communicate them. And I'm going to put an emotional attachment between me and my company. And Will talked about it. When you get emotion in the game, it's a whole different world. Men that are married, the night you proposed to your wife, go back and think about that night. Was there a lot of emotion? Was there a lot of emotion? Think about that night. And there was a lot of what? Which, which, whichever one you want to use. <laughs> I don't know whether the current one's bad or the other one was good. I don't know. <laughs> OK, I don't know which one. OK, but, but you think about that night. OK, there's this great emotion on your part, right? You're emotionally attached. You're hot. And there's also a what? A sense of fear and loss. And maybe she says no. Well, then you're SOL, buddy. You're like, <laughs> you better go back and reevaluate your delivery of customer experience. <laughs> OK, because you got a big no to probably the most important question you want to ask that year. Okay, but, you, but you see how you can make it personal? Go back and remember that. How do you create that emotion and that attachment to your customers? What is it you, what is it you do? Okay, take a 10-year take a maintenance agreement customer. Been with you for 10 years. Equipment somewhere between 10 and 15 years old. What's she an ideal candidate for? She, he, them? A replacement, right? So what if you sent that customer a $50 gift card to a restaurant in your area saying, hey, you've been my maintenance customer for 10 years. I just want to send you this gift card that says, hey, thank you for doing business with us for 10 years. Take your wife or your husband out to dinner on me. Just thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. Next week, you will hear part two. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.